This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News show, breaking out all the latest Arsenal information, keeping you guys up to date what's going on in the world of the Gunners. After Arsenal have won 1-0 against Norwich City yesterday, of course, we did release our Raw Reaction show uh, straight after, well, I say straight after the game. It's almost impossible to do those shows straight after the game at the moment because of my new job, obviously, and I'm working throughout the games and writing about the games. But we still did the show. We did it at nine o'clock last night, and uh, it was a good show. We had some really good comments. Some also good comments, as always. I mean, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but somehow I'm still, still apparently very negative, <laughs> despite going through a whole host of positive points from the game yesterday. Uh, you can make your own minds up by going back and watching it. But good morning to all of you who are tuning in and continuing to make this part of your morning routine. Maybe there are some sore heads uh, this morning after enjoying yourselves for the first time this season in the league after an Arsenal win. It is also the final day uh, that you will hear me rabbiting on uh, about the Football Content Awards because today... At midnight, the vote will close. So if you haven't already, please do go and vote for us in the Football Content Awards for Best Club Content Creator Premier League section. Um, And yeah, you won't have to worry about me going on about this every single show for the last time. uh, Please do follow the instructions. Link is in the description. All you need to do if you've got Twitter is go to www.votefortgt.com. If you don't and you want to vote on Instagram or you just want to vote on the website, all of the information is in the description. But today is the final day that you can vote. So please make sure, if you haven't already, to go and do that. And please make sure you drop a like on today's video and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show let's crack on then with the news and the fallout from the game against Norwich in which Arteta spoke to the media about a number of players and starting with the goalkeeping position which was quite a big talking point of course Aaron Ramsdale selected over Burnt Leno in the league for the first time this season after the German international has struggled specifically 
Uh, he was asked about the situation of both keepers and whether or not he would be chopping and changing throughout the season. And Arteta said that we have two fantastic goalkeepers and never forgot what Burn has done for us and what a good goalkeeper he is. I had to make decisions and I felt Aaron was the right one to do so. And I like, and like in any other position, that is what is we decided today. I want to see how they perform. Now we need performances and we need to win football matches. So whoever gives better performances and whoever transmits more confidence and is more reliable will play. And to be honest, what we've got from Arteta is a strong decision. Genuinely a strong decision. When he was speaking about kind of him, um, his actual performance, he said, I think he was terrific. It's not only what he did on the technical side, it is what he transmits his energy, his chemistry with the back line, how he reacts, his body language. I think it was top. And you can't really disagree with that. It was a really good performance from Ramsdale. He didn't have to do a lot, to be honest. And specifically, of course, he came into the side off the back of sitting on the bench since the West Brom win. But technically really good, passing out from the back. The distribution is so much better than Leno's. His decision-making is much quicker and more reliable than Leno's. It's just when we come up against some sides that are going to really test Ramsdale, that is ultimately when um, when we are going to uh, see the best or the worst from him. Moving then on to talking about some injury updates. Uh, of course, Tommy Asu was brought off in what I think was the 62nd minute in the second half. Um, Arteta says that he was cramping. Obviously, he only trained a day and a half with us. He had to travel, and emotionally, it was his first game, and we had to take him off. Now, this doesn't seem to be too concerning. Uh, having a cramp, obviously, after you've been on a flight and traveling back from Japan and, and from Asia and playing the game. I don't think he actually, I don't think, was it in Japan? I don't, I don't think he was actually in Japan. I think, obviously, you played uh, in China, I think it was. But still, it's a long flight, a long journey, and then to only train a day and a half. It's unsurprising that he was cramping after an hour of football. So they took him off as a precaution. It's a massive compliment to Tommy Asu how vulnerable we then looked on our right-hand side after he went off, which is a bit of a concern if we do have him injured or unavailable for a certain amount of games. But he should be back and fit for the game against Burnley. I'm excited to see what he can do and what he can bring to the team. And, uh, and yeah, really top performance from him. But hopefully uh, he should be back. We'll get a further update on his fitness later on in the week. Another player that was a bit of an injury concern was Sambi Lekonga taking off in the second half for Thomas Partey. Arteta said that Sambi came in from Belgium with a tight hamstring and only trained half a day. That was one of the reasons why he was taken off in the second half, uh, because obviously to play him for a full game after having a tight hamstring is just increasing the risk of further injury too greatly. So he took him off as a precaution. I know a lot of us were disappointed to see Lukonga go off when he did, but it was probably the right decision considering that he needed to protect him for the game against Burnley. I'm hoping to see both Lukonga and Partey team up for that game specifically at Turf Moor next weekend. We shouldn't be too concerned about this. It's only a precautionary substitution. And so positive news on the Belgian side of things. Now, Rob Holding missed the game yesterday because of a bruised knee, according to Chris Wheatley. Uh, I don't think he would have played. Maybe he wouldn't have even been involved. Ben White and Gabriel are certainly the main starting pair at centre-back. Tommy Asu can play there. Pablo Marie, of course, too. Callum Chambers. Rob Holding, though, will be out uh, for the moment. Only a bruised knee, so it's expected he could probably return to the squad for the game against Burnley at the weekend. But just to let you know, the player that uh, I don't think any of us would have put in our starting eleven. the reason why he wasn't in the squad wasn't anything to do with a tactical decision or a personal decision. He was injured um, and only a minor injury to his knee. 
Moving on then to a interesting story that you probably saw uh, feed through your social media yesterday, and that was Nicolas Pepe. Um, <laughs> Nicolas Pepe went on to Instagram yesterday, and now there was a lot of kind of back and forth on Twitter to try and work out whether this was real or not. Now, as far as I'm aware, it, this was the original Instagram post. If it turns out that it's somehow there's any proof that it's not i'll hold my hands up but to the best of my understanding this was the original post he later changed it um but pepe <laughs> pepe posted on instagram uh we are staying up um which obviously uh arsenal fans were chanting quite satirically throughout the game i think it would take someone very very sensitive to lose their mind about this no it's not particularly professional but to be honest, you know, it's it was a, a win that we desperately, desperately needed. And I don't mind a small, uh, a small lighthearted joke <laughs> at the end of a game. I can cope with that if we win. Um, and, you know, sometimes if you, if you don't, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. And I think that's very much a situation where we've really tried to to throw humor into the mix at times. I don't mind it. Look, it is what it is. I'm glad that he changed it in the end. But uh, quite funny, <laughs> quite funny. It's just, it's just quite funny, isn't it? Um, and and yeah, it is what it is. Fair play, fair play. I thought to be fair, uh, Martin Keown was very, very critical. In fact, I have got the comments that Martin Keown said after the game. Uh, I think it was after the game or during the game on BT Sports Score. Um, he says, it doesn't seem that Pepe is at the races today, Keown said on BT during Arsenal's 1-0 win. Seems like I'm coming for him now, but we are looking more for, we are looking for more from him, I think he's meant to say. He has been there a good while, a couple of years. Look, I thought Pepe was was good yesterday. I thought he was a problem for, for Norwich. I thought he I thought Brandon Williams handled him really well. And maybe that's had an effect on the opinion of Pepe. But I thought he was tricky. I thought he was more threatening. I thought he linked up with Tomiyasu really well. I thought the first 20 minutes, he was excellent. Like really was a problem in Norwich's left-hand side. And if he was a little bit more clinical and a little bit better with his final ball, could have created some really good chances for Arsenal. Obviously, he got the assists, his commitment, his drive, his determination to get that ball as it fell on the right-hand side of the goal, got it across somehow, however way, if he intended it or not, to Aubameyang. I was, um, had a massive hand in us winning the game yesterday. I actually didn't have him, I don't think, did I have him in my starting lineup? I might have done. But I, I, I think if Smith-Rowe comes in, Pepe's probably the one that would drop out for him. I think he created something like six or seven chances during the game. He obviously got one assist. I think he had something like 88 passing accuracy. I thought he was good. Um, so the the criticism of former Arsenal players, again, seeping through uh, annoyingly. Look, we need to get behind this team. We need to look at the positives, as we did do in yesterday's show, um, quite heavily. And I think Pepe was certainly one of those. And I think he was improved a lot by Tommy Asu. Uh, moving on then to our final story. Away from the game yesterday, Arsenal won in their under-23s Premier League. Two match against Manchester United. Following Balogun, scored twice. And Charlie Patino scored, I hear, because I'm yet to see it, and I'm not sure that we will actually see it because I'm still waiting on any kind of footage um, for this. But Charlie Patino apparently scored an absolutely unreal goal, recovering possession, slaloming through the Man United defence before slotting home. Um, 
Again, he's just proving to be and taking further steps up in the side. Balogun getting a couple of goals is good. He's not in the first team plans right now because of obviously Lacazette and Abamyang are there and you've got Martinelli on the bench too, so there's not really space for him. Eddie Nketiah was also uh, with the under-23 side against the Manchester United team that included both Phil Jones and Dean Henderson was in goal. So Balogun and Patino scoring past the England international goalkeeper. Um, really good win for them. Uh, the current Premier League two table, Arsenal sit third after three games. Much, much better than last season. Last season, Arsenal just survived the relegation drop. This season, um, under... Oh, his name's completely escaped me. That's really annoying. Um, but they are third in the table behind Manchester City, who are top um, with 10 points. But Arsenal have won three, lost one. They did lose to West Ham quite heavily at the start of the season, but they've really turned things around since then. And Patino and Balogun proving to be uh, really the difference makers in that team at the moment. And that is the end of today's news uh, and everything that we've got to talk about. So we do move on, of course, to the opportunity for you guys to throw some questions into the chat box over the next 10 to 20 minutes or so. So if you do have something that you'd like to ask and like to find out about or just something that you'd like to raise, then do throw that into the chat and we'll try and go through as many of those as feasibly possible. Tomorrow, there will be obviously the morning show at 8am as per, but also there will be a podcast at 7pm UK time. I'll be joined by Owen and French and Mike from the Gooners pod to talk about the game. It'll only be on for around an hour or so because at eight o'clock I will be joining the guys over at the Arsenal Lounge, uh, Shaheen and Lev and Mo to talk about the game even more as is becoming a habit on a Monday evening. So I'm looking forward to that. So please do join us in that sense. Let's go through some of your thoughts and your questions in the chat box, Ethan says, do you think this side can get better results if they are allowed to play together a bit more consistently by Arteta? Will he do so? It's a good question, Ethan, because that is the key thing for Arsenal is that we need to not make so many changes. I'd make two changes. I might even just make one change for the game against Burnley, and that's bringing Thomas Partey and for Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I might consider bringing in Smith-Rowe. I don't know who you would drop out of Saka and Pepe. I thought Pepe was better. So arguably you would drop Saka. But how can you drop Saka? He's just so good. Um, so it's difficult to think how Smithrow gets into the scene, which is great. Let's be real. We want this to be a problem. We want this to be an issue, trying to get these players into the team because we are struggling to find a place in them because the players are playing so well. That's what you want to see. So I'm happy with that. I'm happy with competition. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good question you raise, Ethan, because we do need consistency. And Arteta is the one that can do that. Uh, Manu says, what about a real reaction about White's first few games? He doesn't impress me like Mustafi did in his first few moments, which might be a good thing. <laughs> I thought when White was good yesterday, I thought technically he came out from the back excellently. Really good passing range and vision to spot some opportunities to play the ball in behind. I thought he, I thought he relieved pressure uh, at times as well. Like when we're under pressure at the back and sometimes we can make mistakes, his calmness on the ball enables us to play out a lot easier. So I thought that was really, really good. Gustavo says, hey, Tom, what do you think about giving consistency to the lineup? Would you go to Burnley with the same 11? I said the only change I would make is Partey for Maitland-Niles. Absolutely. Uh, Ari says, do you think Patino should be in the squad versus Burnley? No. Do I think he should be in the squad against Wimbledon? Absolutely. Benji says, when do you think Martinelli will get some game time? Um, it's a good question, but we can't afford to give him game time right now. Only off the bench against Burnley. He doesn't get in the team right now. He played twice against both Brentford and Chelsea 
and really wasn't influential on the games at all. I really didn't think Martinelli had any kind of impact on those two first two games. And that's not a reason to say he's not very good. I've got a lot of time for Martinelli and I rate him incredibly highly. And I think there's an amazing talent there. But for the moment, Martinelli doesn't get in the team. And that's fine because ultimately Arsenal always comes first. The results come first over any any player ever. So sorry, but Martinelli just does not get in the team right now. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more and go to Kunjin, uh, who's one of our loyal listeners and is joining for one of our phone-in shows too. Says, Tom, in my opinion, Pepe was by far the most frustrating player yesterday. With the Millsmith row fit, would you drop Pepe? The most frustrating is an interesting way of putting it because I really thought he gave it absolutely everything. And I thought he linked up really well with Tom Yasu. And obviously it was his grit and determination that ultimately got us the goal in the end. So no. I wouldn't drop Pepe. I think Pepe needs consistency. I think that's what you need from Pepe. You need to give him consistent game time to get the best from him. So, no, I disagree, Kunjun. I wouldn't drop him. Sono says, how would you rate Tommy Asu's performance out of 10? Probably a, a solid 7.5 to 8 out of 10. Um, I thought he was really good. Um, I didn't think he was, like, outstanding. I think there are – there's a level. When you get to kind of your, your 9s and 10s, you've got to be unreal. So, 7.5 to 8 out of 10, I think, is probably – a fair representation of his performance. I thought he was solid defensively. I thought he got us going going forwards. He, he did lose the ball a couple of times. I think he only ended up on something, a, quite a low passing percentage. I might be wrong, but I, sure, I thought I saw that on whoscored.com. Um, but I think, for, I think for a player making his debut after a day and a half of training, it was a really good performance from Tommy Asu. Uh, Amandeep says, holding if fit should play against Burnley, much better to win those aerial duels against Wood, Barnes, than Wire. I don't agree, Amandeep. And the reason why I don't agree is because we can't just drop our fifty million pound centre back because we're coming up against a team with a with a big tall defender. You've got to tactically change and work to deal with that. You can't just drop White because we go up against someone that's a bit taller. You you just can't do that. I don't remember Barcelona dropping Carlos Puyol, and I know that's a bit of a stretch, just because they were going up against a tall striker. These smaller, more diminutive defenders have got to find their own way of improving. How is Ben White ever going to improve against those more physical strikers if you're not giving him the opportunity to play against them? It's as simple as that for me. Ben White has to play this game. You have to play him week in, week out. Allow him to develop, allow him to improve. And his aerial duels will improve as well. And I think partnering in with Tommy Asu and, and Gabriel, two players that are very good in the air, will hopefully mean that he can deal with those situations. Tommy Asu, I think, won five out of five aerial duels whilst he was on the pitch, according to Chris Whitley. So those key areas are where we are going to see White benefit from the players that are around him. But I don't agree with you. I wouldn't drop him for holding whatsoever. I think it's important that we have him for our technical ability to play out from the back. Jonathan says, assuming everyone is fit and available, who would be your best front four in a 4-2-3-1 formation? To be honest, it would be yesterday's. The only thing that I change is possibly Emil Smith Rowe for Pepe. That's the only thing that I would change. Uh, the Wild Bill says, yes, Saka can't shoot, neither can Emil Smith Rowe. If I go to last season's goal statistics, I'm pretty sure they put a couple away. So, not true. The Premier League chat says, what do you think about Pepe's first touch and his final passes and crosses? Always over hit and under hit. Um, I think that Pepe's ultimate, his first touch sometimes is a little bit strong, but you remember the negatives. You remember the negatives more than the positives because the negatives frustrate you. I guarantee you, if you go back and watch Pepe's whole performance and you have the ability to go and do that, I guarantee you that you will see things that you are not highlighting in your comment. You, the things like that stick in your mind more because they're mistakes. 
But you actually watch his game yesterday. He made some really good runs, really good moves, really good touches, crosses and passes too. So, and again, it, if it wasn't for Pepe, we wouldn't have scored yesterday. So it's important to remember that. Uh, Ashreya says, thoughts on Patino's solo goal. The boy is a good moment, has good momentum and is surely appearing against Wimbledon. I hope he's appearing against Wimbledon. I'm still yet to see the goal. Um, I've heard that it's very good and I've heard the description of the goal, um, but I've not yet seen it. I'm just trying to see if there are, in fact, any videos anywhere on Twitter. I've seen a video of the celebration, but other than that, I've seen nothing uh, about the actual goal as of yet. So we will wait and see. If that indeed comes through a little bit later on, uh, hopefully on Y Scout, but sometimes I don't put up the goals on Y Scout, which was annoying. Yeah, Puyol was five foot nine on a good day. <laughs> ben White is five foot eleven, as far as I'm aware. So he's got a couple of inches on Puyol, which is a, a strange sentence. Um, no sleep says Anthony Maitland-Niles had the same amount of key passes as Odegaard yesterday. General passing accuracy was an issue, but he did okay. Look, okay isn't good enough for me. Partey must come into the side. Um, and must improve in that midfield area. Because at times, Ainsley McLean-Niles, I thought, tried too hard in moments. I thought he held on to ball for too long when a better player would make a better decision at a better time. And that's the difference between the best players and average players. And I don't think Ainsley McLean-Niles is anything more than just an okay player, in my opinion. John says, uh, has the game ended the clamour for Max Aarons? I mean... My clamour for Max Aarons ended a while ago. Um, I mean, I rather smugly posted an article a while ago talking about how Edu's made the right choice in bringing in Tommy Asu over Max Aarons, and I put that up yesterday, just leaving that there. Um, so, yeah, it probably has done. But, I mean, if you think about it, Norwich have played Leicester, Liverpool, City, and Arsenal as their first four games this year. Not the best opening to a Premier League season for them. Um, he may prove to be a difference maker in other games. But I think we've got the right person, the right balance, the right profile into that position this summer. Christopher Martin says, Tom, do you think that we should rotate our front four to keep them all happy and then they'll get game time? Just interchange one of them each game. If you don't, if it's not broke, don't fix it. It's as simple as that. We need consistency. We need regular game time for these guys. Pepe in particular needs consistent minutes to keep on developing and improving. You've got to wait until a player plays badly and then you can make a decision. And only if a player that replaces him has earned that in training. That's the difference. That's how you tweak. And if you are tweaking, it's one change. Not every game. Maybe every two, three, four games. We need consistency. We need stability. And that's not going to happen by consistent tweaking of the team. George says, do you think Partey will be one of the best midfielders this season? I hope so. Manu says, what's with the Pepe slander? Name another player who creates his own chances like him. I'll wait. Anshul says, is El Nenny finally leaving? He's injured at the moment. He's out for two to three weeks with a hamstring problem. So you won't see him in the squads anytime soon. Uh, Gustavo says, how long do you give Arteta to turn this around? Thanks. I mean, it doesn't matter what I think about when he should or shouldn't go at the end of the day. I just care about Arsenal's results at the moment. And if we're picking up wins, I don't have to talk about Arteta's managerial situation because I can just talk about the fact that Arsenal are winning games. That's all I want to see. I just want to see Arsenal win. I'm not fussed about talking about the manager. If we are winning games, if things are going badly, then you have to take a second look at things and analyse things again. But whilst Arsenal are winning, I don't need to talk about how long we're giving the manager because Arsenal are winning. And that's the most important thing at the end of the day. Uh, Roshan says, Tom, do you think the tentative finishing slash final ball is caused by overcoaching and players not playing with the handbrake off? 
Uh, Roshan, no, I think it's because of a lack of confidence and a lack of form, uh, to be honest. When you build up that confidence in the team, players will instinctively want to try to make things happen. When confidence is low, you don't want to put a pass wrong. You don't want to try something that's ultimately going to lose you possession or has a high chance of losing you possession. And the most dangerous key passes in games are the risky ones that you could end up losing possession. And so this team needs confidence. They need a little bit of arrogance, a bit of ego to make them play those specific passes. You look at someone like Bruno Fernandes on the absolute top of his game, taking on shots from outside the box, playing key passes through to the forwards, because he is not only is he an amazing player, but he's an arrogant, strong character. Arrogance can be a negative, but arrogance for a footballer on the pitch can sometimes be the difference between your run-of-the-mill player and Cristiano Ronaldo. You speak to Thierry Henry, he's one of the most arrogant players on the planet and it made him how good that he is. So arrogance is needed by a footballer and it's something that I think is maybe a little bit lacking. The confidence and self-confidence in particular in our players is something that we desperately, desperately need to get back into the squad. Uh, let's go to Maximius, uh, who says, uh, do you think that Saka should be moved to the right to improve his performance? He was a bit lost in the first half, came back better in the second half, though. As I said before, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'll probably go into the Burnley game with the same team, bar Partey coming in. It's the only difference. Angel says, what will the club do about Lacazette and Ketia Elneny, Kalasnach and Leno's contract situations now? I imagine that Lacazette will leave on a free, as will Nketiah. Maybe he'll leave in January and Ketia to get more minutes. Elneny, I imagine, will leave on a free. Kalashnach, I think, will have his contract terminated in January. And Len, I, th I think, will be sold in the summer. Um, Adam says, uh, Saka and Mills smith -Rowe are learning goals on the job. They will get where we need to be, but it will take time. It's expected. They will have these purple patches. And they're, what, 20? I mean, what, Saka's, no, Saka's what? Is he, is he 20? He's 20, isn't he? I mean, smith -Rowe's 21, Saka's 20. These are still really, really young, young players. Like, we forget at the end of the day how young these guys are sometimes. And they're the guys that dragged Arsenal's second half of the season. Smith Rowe came in in Boxing Day and from that moment improved Arsenal's form massively. And we relied on these young guys to drag us through. And now we've got people sitting here saying they can't shoot in the chat box. I mean, how entitled do we have to be that we're sitting there criticizing 20 and 21 year olds for not yet being good enough? They're not the ones you should be pointing the finger at. It's the senior players that need to take some responsibility in this team because the young players have been putting them to shame. So we need to see a team effort where the senior players are taking leading roles in performances, not relying on the 20 to 23-year-olds to do all of the hard work. And that's that's the difference between where we are and where we need to be. Uh, John says, Sambi, Tommy, Ramsdale all need to be often involved. Absolutely positive experience watching them play. I agree with you. Uh, Ty says, but that's the issue for them to, to be the two who we are relying on is worrying. Absolutely, Ty. And that's why we need these more experienced players to step up. That's why when Partey comes in, get some inexperience, get some kind of consistency in his game alongside someone like Sambi Lukonga, who again is just 21 years of age. We've got a backline that's very young. We had, I think the average age of the backline yesterday was 22 and a bit, 20, 23 maybe, or probably over 23. Ramsdale's 23, White's 23, Gabriel's 23, Tierney's 24, Tommy Ass is 22. That's an incredibly young back four. You combine that with a 23-year-old or 24-year-old Ainsley Maitland-Niles and 21-year-old Lukonga, and then a front line that's made up of a 20-year-old, a 22-year-old Erdogan, 
a 26-year-old Pepe, and obviously the most experienced on the day, and the only player on the pitch that was over the age of 30 in Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Now, if you look at the best sides across the country, 30-year-old plus players are key. People say it's just a number. People say that experience can be overrated. I, can't, I think experience can be overrated sometimes in certain aspects of the game. But when you haven't got that balance in the squad, you can be lacking. And I mean, you look at Liverpool with Henderson, James Milder. You look at City with Fernandinho when Vincent Kompany was there. You look at Manchester United and how they've got a fair few players now reaching that latter stage of their 20s. And you look then at someone like Chelsea with Jorginho. You look at them bringing in Lukaku, a 28-year-old striker with bundles of experience and goal-scoring form. Thiago Silva coming into that side last summer and having a huge impact on the team. As Pelaqueta still being a massive part of that side. You, you look at... Um, who am I missing? Um, I talk about Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea. I mean, even Spurs. I mean, you look at them bringing in someone like Pierre-Emil Huyberg really made a huge impact on that side. The experience of Harry Kane in, in the front line. We don't like talking about Spurs in a positive way, but every team has these key experienced figureheads that are absolutely crucial to how they play. Real Madrid, Modric, Cruz, Casemiro. Like, it's so important to have those players. And Arsenal have an exceptionally young squad right now. And we do lack a bit of balance in the squad because we are so skewed towards that youthful side of the team. That hopefully will change in the next summer window, which is a year away. But for this season, we are going to be relying a lot on our youth, which means that those senior players like Aubameyang, like Azette, like Partey, like Xhaka, if he plays, when they come into the team, they need to step up and they need to be leaders. That's the problem that we have right now. And I hope that it changes. Anyway, that is where we are going to finish off today's show. Thank you ever so much for tuning in, guys, as always. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you, and I hope that you have an amazing day. I'll be back with you all tomorrow morning. No other show today, I'm afraid. I'm at a festival enjoying my day off on a Sunday and some drum and bass, which, you know, you can never go wrong with. But yeah, drop a like on the video, subscribe. Today is the last day that you can vote for us in the Football Content Awards. So if you haven't already, please look at the instructions in the description. It will show, it will tell you how you need to vote. Um, but midnight tonight is when votes close and then the award ceremony is on the 14th of October. So I look forward to that. Have an amazing rest of your weekend. I'll see you very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.